0: I can't imagine that that must have been <laughs> fucking awful going through wheat field after wheat field <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ so instead of a you know the beaded seat was it just like beaten glass <laughs> like <laughs> self-flagellation down the road <laughs> jesus christ This is the epic new podcast, Two Idiots and a List, where you're going to get Two Idiots and a List. And now, coming to you live from Circle
1: Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Fasolo and Kirik McMillan. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of our passion project, Two Idiots and a List. Hey, if you enjoy this podcast and want to support us at no cost to you, then please share a link to our show on your social media accounts and rate us in iTunes. That helps us out a bunch. I am here, as always, and let me tell you, this Yorkshire pudding has no soggy bottom with Nick Vasolo. Happy
0: Thanksgiving, everybody. Belated to you, uh, nonetheless. Kirk, how was your Thanksgiving?
1: It was delightful. We are recording this the Saturday evening after Thanksgiving. Had a nice time, got together with family, enjoyed some bird. For the first time in in a long time, I assume, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's good.
1: Everybody's happy and healthy. Everybody's boosted and ready to move on with life. That's
0: good. That's good. I'm coming off my booster shot today, so if I feel a lot of it. (laughs) That's, That's the excuse I'm going
1: to go for. We would like to extend a warm welcome to Chile, Jordan, our first Arab country, the United Arab Emirates, and Albania.
2: Albania, Albania, you border on the Adriatic.
1: And yes, it borders on the Adriatic. Thank you, Coach. Well, make sure your luxury watercraft is fueled up, because today we're diving into Yacht Rock. So we've done, I don't know, 15
0: different artists that all have, you know, extensive catalogs that all mean something to, you know, one or both of us. And so, but there's always that the songs of those bands out there that just don't quite have the music catalog that we can work with to make one. Right you know, whole good pod with. So we decided to like, you know, take like, you know, we'll take a handful and we'll see what we can make out of this handful. So this is a more like a jazz improv session for us. And we take, we, sp- we took three bands. That's right. I mean, do we
1: agree on these bands? <laughs> I'm not sure if agree is a good term. Okay. I have a feeling we're going to spend a lot of this episode laughing at each other because anything on any level of list is going to be a guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like that,
0: right? There's this basket of guilty pleasures. I mean, I I mean, I don't even know how these bands made it in there, but like we have, we're doing Boston, correct? foreigner mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like the first
1: time it feels like the very first time I have waited a lifetime <laughs> REO, speed- right. REO Speedback and
2: REO feedback or speed-back. <laughs> speedback that's better
0: I mean, this is the battle of the the hair right? You've got Lou Grams' just glorious hair, Kevin Cronin's shitty feathered back yeah. bullshit that he was wearing, and then of course you have Sib, the drummer from Boston, yes. who had just magnificent, yeah,
2: afros, yeah. You, like
1: you could use these guys to clean cannons. <laughs> All right, I've got a question for you. Oh, We're not there yet, are we? Steve nope. Perry's still there. <laughs> no Steve Perry question <laughs> yet. Not yet. <laughs> Commercially, which of these three bands was the most successful? I'd have to say, I think it's Foreigner. That's a darn good guess. Right? Boston sold 31 albums. Oh, sorry. 31? <laughs> <Just 31
0: laughs> out of the back of their <laughs> trunk? <laughs> I think I've watch, sold.
1: What <laughs> do you want more than a feeling? Give me buddy. <laughs> I think I've sold more albums than 31. Sorry, 31 million albums, uh, and that was on six albums. REO Speedwagon, who had 16, sold 40 million albums. 16 albums. 16 albums, and Foreigner, who had nine, sold over 50 million. Yeah. So you are correct. Yeah. Foreigner was the winner of that competition. A couple of interesting notes about some of these different bands. Uh, Boston was formed by Tom Scholz, I think that's how you pronounce that, S-C-H-O-L-Z, and he began writing the music that appeared on the first album while he was studying at MIT. Right, he wrote (laughs) foreplay. Come on. Boston, smartest band ever? Uh, Certainly the smartest of these three, I would think. Although, although, REO met at the University of Illinois. That's right. And uh, one of the founding members, and I don't remember who it was, but uh, he was there to study engineering. In fact, REO Speedwagon was named after the Rio Speedwagon Truck, which was a precursor to the modern-day pickup truck. And R.E.O. were the initials of the company's founder, Ransom Eli Olds. The fella that came up with the name, and I didn't take a note on who that was, saw it written on the blackboard in his History of Transportation class. I'm all for uh... Uh, And they decided to spell out R.E.O. instead of how the car company used it. The car company said Rio. Right. They decided to spell it out.
0: Well, listen, the pot wasn't that good back in the 60s. <laughs> Fucking REO goes all the way back to 66 yeah. in, in at U of I. Yeah. So I, we have a little bit of a personal history with the U of I. One of our very good friends' father, he owns the record for the longest touchdown pass at the U of, University of Illinois. And I was just at the Iowa game and the Illinois had the ball like like six different times in their own ten yard line. And every time I would text them, I said, Your father your father's gotta be on the edge of his seat right now. Because uh, you know, that, that record but that record goes back to sixty-two. So yeah. this is even a little bit after that. But sixty-six is when these guys started.
1: And how many knee replacements has our friend's well, father had? I mean, you know, it was back
0: you know, back in the day. <laughs> it was just, you know. Yeah. Anyhow. Um yeah, sixteen albums later, uh, you know, here's REO and I mean, I, I looked through my catalogs, I remembered, I, I pretty much for all three of these bands,
1: REO I had the greatest hits. That's it. I don't think I owned a single REO album. That's it. Not one. Foreigner, I, I had Foreigner Records, which which their their greatest hits. I had
0: records, and I had four. Right. And Boston didn't put out a greatest hits album, to my knowledge. I don't believe they did. Look at Boston's like. They put out an album every six years. And every time the answer, the reason was given is like, well, we were redoing the studio at Tom's house. (laughs) What the fuck? Every six
1: years? I'm redoing the studio? Like, you can't fucking do this in your garage? So CBS sued Tom Scholz. For $60 million. $60 million. Because Boston didn't produce their third album fast enough. In today's (laughs) money, that's $167 million. That is
0: hardball. I mean, <laughs>
1: what, how are you going to get that out of one guy? He's only worth, according to the internet, $120 million in today's dollars. That's so,
0: a, lot I, a <laughs> lot of scratch for one dude in right? Boston, man. Yeah, he must have collected all of that.
1: Well, I think he has the, essentially, he wrote all the music. Right. And, and on that first album, he played almost all the instruments. Right. Uh, not unlike what Dave Grohl did for the first Foo Fighters mm-hmm. album, and what uh, Billy Corgan did for Gish,
0: right? Well, as always, you know he had he had musicians and friends like in and out of the band, and it was like his own passion project, and so he put it all together. So you know, good on him. He made it. He made the first uh, the first album, right? And the yeah. first album was their biggest album. Like I think 25 so. 25 million? I think so. Some shit like that. Yeah. And I then, didn't
1: recognize a whole lot off the second album. I owned the no. first one, and I owned the third one. Third stage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Boston, by the way, the first band in history to make their New York City debut at Madison Square Garden. That's pretty impressive. To be able to play the city for the first time and you can sell Madison Square Garden. That song took off. All of these bands kind of like reach their, like, like they're
0: starting up the mountain right around 77, 78. Right. Right. Foreigner, you know, starts off. Uh, it, it, at that time, and and REO was around in '66, but really Kevin Cronin doesn't come back to the band for a permanent stay till like '77.
1: Somewhere in that neighborhood, he's
0: also drifting in and out. And like Kevin Cronin was the guy that they were waiting for. And so in '77, so all three of these bands kind of get up their start up the mountain of you know, and they're like kind of I they're not really the tip of the spear of AOR right album oriented rock. Can we do a three and a half minutes? You know, first course verse, solo, course you know, something like that. That's kind of like the groove that they're in. Right. And you know, they're, you know, of of these bands, you know, that these are these are some of the well, they're the, the top flight guys, right? There's sure. not too
1: many other bands out there that are of note that are bigger. And we could come up with another episode to try to dig into that further, but and we just might. Just you wait, folks. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we get underway here? All right. By the way, Sib,
0: the drummer, uh-huh. his daughter married The Rock. Dwayne Johnson? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. And tra- tra- tragically, Sib died on a Boston cruise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean like? Like, like, a, like a tribute cruise. Like, like they, so they were on the cruise playing shows for. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Much like the Def Leppard cruise. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, did, he, did he fall overboard? No, he had a massive grabber behind the kit in the Ooh. middle of a song. Oh, <laughs> that awful? That is. <laughs> There's tra- tragedy has touched these folks in a in a few different ways. Gary yeah. Richrath from Ario yeah, Speedwagon died after uh, some sort of. It was a little unclear as to what exactly it was. He went into the hospital for a stomach issue and ended up not coming out. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to find whether it was, you know, something that was the hospital's fault or he just right. wasn't able to withstand whatever yeah. the procedure was. And And then the
0: Brad Delp thing. I mean, we really don't need to. You you guys Google that one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. If you really want to know, Brad Delp ended his own life in a rather dramatic fashion. And it's just, it's pretty sad story. Thankfully,
0: though, in Foreigner, like seemingly those guys are all alive and well, and not a not a hair on that beautiful head of (laughs) Lou Graham was touched. Not a hair. He still looks magnificent. (laughs) Well, why don't you All kick right, us let's, off? Let's go. My honorable mention here is going to be from Foreigner. Everybody knows it. It's a fan favorite. It starts out with a groovy bass line. That is Jukebox Hero. Go here. In and in the rain, <laughs> yes, yeah. with his head hung low. Right, I mean soulful, moody. <laughs> like this is his opus, Magnum. Right? I don't know. I like it. It's just uh, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a fun it's a fun song. It's a feel good song,
1: is it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's this, this this kid gets a dream to become a rock star and. Yeah, I mean, I guess.
0: Here's the roar of the crowd. Okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. I'm, so I'm forgetting the second verse. So I just, I, I was like stopping after. I like fast forward after forty five seconds. So. <laughs> he could rip to the scene. Yeah, man. No, well, it's Lou Graham's vocals. It, it's good. Yeah, he, he's a uh, shredding, shredding.
1: The guy's got a killer voice. Does, he's man. got a killer voice. <laughs> I, I like Jukebox Hero. That uh, a lot of foreigner for some reason. Well, I think. Foreigner and Boston both. A lot of their stuff just reminds me of being younger. You know, yeah, grade school ish. Absolutely, right. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, REO, not so much. I think they they got plenty of airtime as well, but for some reason, it didn't register as much uh, on the memory early memory levels that. Some of these other bands. See, don't. it
0: does for me because I remember distinctly um, uh, High Infidelity, which I think is 81, yeah. 82. My, my father, that was like one of his big, like he loved that L. Oh, okay. And he played all the time. And, you know, it was fun. It's You know, right. th- if that's what you're listening to at 10 or 11 or 12 years old, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I can see why.
1: All right. So speaking of Speed Speedwagon, my honorable mention is Time for Me to Fly.
0: This is my number five. Your number so five. Close All enough. right.
1: Okay. <laughs> Off of one of the stupider names for an album, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Disagree. I think it's one of the best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a great name for an album. It's no Dark Side of the Moon, but, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I think, and you know, with the tuning fork and the in the mackerel, yeah. I love it. It wasn't even tuna. <laughs>
1: The song originally, when it was released, only hit number 56 on Billboard's Hot 100 list. And then the show Ozark, which uh, is Netflix, I think? Yeah. Uh, That used the song in one of their episodes, and it reboosted it, and Billboard doesn't have a Hot 100 list anymore, or at least they didn't register it on this. It was registered at number 34 on Billboard's Digital Downloads list.
0: See, I, I like the fact that bands like this can come back and have, like, another suck at the pump. <laughs> you know, one last time, like, you know, because a, a popular, uh, you know, a streaming series comes on and uses the song and, you know, the younger generation, because they don't listen to the radio anymore. You right. know, they, they program their own entertainment. Yeah. And, uh, like, this is kind of how they they know or have touchstones back to our cultures because, you know, like and, and like, Again, I think we've made this point before. Nobody's using Limp Bizkit in their soundtracks no, for no. their shit. They're all going back to like, this stuff is actually, it's, it's good. They are good songs. They are. I mean, we're, we're shitting all over them, but they're good songs. <laughs> they're on the list for a reason. Like, you know, they're they're nostalgic for us because, you know, we were in our formative years growing up. These are the songs that like stuck in your brain. And then all throughout like our high school and college careers, we listened to the radio because right. that's what we had. And these fucking songs were on the radio all the time. All the time. Right. Yeah. All so, the time. I'm down with that. Yeah. Steve. I love it, though, when these bands in particular tried to keep it together through the 90s. <laughs> and then yeah. you'll come across their album that they drop in, like, 92. Right. And you can tell, like, how much did they veer off of their track of, like, here's what, like, Foreigner Ford's sounds, you know, like this. and But now Foreigner's record in 1992 they're trying to get after you know that that market or right, that, right and i love that and the great thing that foreigner did was like in 1994 all i need to know it's a great track it's really great it's, just, it's a perfect example of what i'm talking about it's like not a lot of thought going into the lyrics here not a lot of thought going into the song at all but it's completely different than what foreigner like the foreigner you and i grew up with right it's just different it's yeah. a 90s version but I hope the- Not too many bands could do this. Duran Duran did it well. Yep. Listen to our Duran Duran episode. It's a good episode. Those boys were hot, though. I mean, that's the thing. These bands, look at the lyrics. Like It's all explaining, like, like, here's who I am. This is why you need to be with me. I'm begging you to be with me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Please, I'm going to hang around forever, and you'll see I'm a good guy. Like, you need to be with me. Whereas Duran Duran was just like, "Yeah, we'll sing about the reflex. Fuck it, we don't care because chicks are coming to us anyhow. Right. They're beating the right. path to our doors." And those those two worlds, like like Kevin Cronin, could not stay on the stage with Simon Le Bon. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, just go, no. and he knew it. Right? No. <laughs> well, and the recurring theme that you hear, especially in foreigners' music, is it's all about women. And love songs, right? I mean, they yeah. really weren't singing that much different than what Poison was singing. Poison was doing it in a little more of a gutter of a, <laughs> of a version. You know, i, I doing, Party a, time. doing a pound of blow off of, a, yeah. off of someone's yes. naked
0: ass. It's whiskey and cocaine. Let's don't need nothing but a good time. Right. These guys are looking for romance yes. and love. Yes. This and... is no one night stand song.
1: Yeah. This is.
0: But let's just take a. What the fuck is going on on the album cover of Head Games? Nobody knows what it is, so I will paint a little picture. It is a scantily clad schoolgirl in a men's bathroom, right? Either sitting on the urinal or doing her business on the urinal. But and and the title is Head Games.
1: So the the explanation, uh-huh. and it does look like uh-huh. she's sitting in the urinal, yeah. which is odd. I think they just had her sort of crouched. But the explanation that Lou Graham gave was she is erasing her phone number. That was written on the bathroom oh, stall. That little twist there. Yeah. The now empowerment. The song, Head Games, <laughs> was banned on numerous stations in the Bible Belt because of that album cover. Sure. It's filthy. <laughs> I was appalled. It, it, was a, it was a little odd when I saw it. I was shocked. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, so uh, that was your number five. That was my number five, yeah. That was your number I five. I like Time for Me to Fly. I like that chunk of chunk of kind of the way he kind of comes out with the lyrics. Like, you know, Yeah. It's like, I like it.
1: <laughs> All right. So since that was your number five, we will go to my number five. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with Boston. And I'm going to their album, Third Stage.
0: And it's Amanda. Oh, so now you just hit my wife right, right in the heartstrings. If <laughs> Her favorite song of all time. <laughs> like, top, like, three <laughs> songs
1: of all time. Amanda. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, this was the first album that I had listened to on a Sony Walkman that I was given for my birthday at the age of, like, 10.
0: Wow. That is a memory.
1: I had third stage on cassette and everything else I had, you know, any other music I had heard before that was on this, like, really crappy boombox. So, the, the stereo aspects of it were lost. And I, I still remember hearing the sound of the spaceship taking off because they do that in one of the songs. I actually am a big fan of this album. It's uh, it's a really gooey, drippy album. It's, it's you know, it's just... Pro- I'm a fan of it probably because of that experience I had with the Walkman. Right. This song is just classic Brad Delp vocals. <laughs> it even has a little triangle hit at the end of the chorus. The whole album has kind of unique sound to the guitars be- because it uses a processing technology called Rockman. And Rockman was something that Brad, I'm sorry, that Scholes, that Scholes developed. Yeah. I think that's where most of his money comes from. With I think 120 it, a,
0: million? a good deal yeah. of it, certainly. Yeah.
1: That uh, bands like your very favorite Def Leppard used on that's, Hysteria. That's right. <laughs> they know quality when they see it. <laughs> By the way,
0: going back to the smartest band ever, Boston up there, but we forget Queen. Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: well educated group of young men. And so is Iron Maiden. <laughs> I mean, the guy's a commercial pilot. That's right, Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> All right, what you got for number four? Oh, uh, four off of Foreigner 4,
0: I think it is. Okay. Yeah, waiting for a girl like you. I'm a ballad guy we know this. This is the other ballad, not the one that's made a popularity I think rock of ages was was um, but anyhow, this waiting for a girl like you. I just love this song and and again, I think this is like implanted in me like back like when I was like sixth grade. yep like and and this one was kind of like it's very you know it's very mediocre, you know but it's I just like it and and what I um, what I especially love about this song now or or when I was in adulthood, I was like playing Vice City. This song was on one of the radio stations, and anytime you like jumped into a car and you'd look for, I'd look for waiting for a girl and just cruise. Just cruise, watch the sunset, maybe go over to Seagull Island in a plane. I love that fucking game.
1: I love the keys in that song. Yeah. It's a really catchy mm-hmm. little key riff, and uh, it, it works very well for yeah. me. Yeah.
0: Lou Graham, <laughs> Syrup. Right. Just syrup pouring all over my hotcakes.
1: Like molasses. <laughs> Thick and gooey. So long. I love it. It's good. It's so good. It is good. <laughs> all right. My number four is back to REO Speedwagon, and it is keep on loving you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So it was written originally as a love ballad. Kevin Cronin wrote it, brought the the song into the band, and played it on a piano, and it it was apparently a really syrupy song. And then the uh, guitarist, Gary Richrath, started playing power chords over it and moved it into the power ballad stage. I don't know if I could call it a power ballad. I guess I guess it kind of hits that definition. There are some bigger guitars in it than you would have from your typical, say, air supply song.
0: If you can move, like, if you can work into the lyrics all coiled up in the grass like a snake and his... You know,
1: that... <laughs> <something> <laughs> Sounds like, like that. a dog turd.
0: Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the lyric I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Yeah, there, <laughs> I'll have to find it. <laughs> 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 you may
2: live, but you never live. Instead, you the rest, or up in and I know
1: This was the seventeenth song. Played on MTV. Get the 17th video played on MTV was "Keep on Loving You" by the man
0: it. whose life was devoid of all MTV is coming, hitting me with an MTV film? That's right. Wow. All right, what do you have for number three? All right, number three. How did that make it on the list? <laughs> I have "Roll with the Changes," but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have it down here, but I'm like, I don't know why I have that. Oh no, no, I do know why. Kevin Cronin attacks the microphone <laughs> the <song he> does.
2: <laughs>
0: After, you know, the, the, the REO is good for this. Like well, They're not good for it. They, like, they do this shit. Like, the run-up is like 35 seconds of horse shit. <laughs> then Cronin comes in. It's like, you know, it, uh, he comes in with his first lyrics. You know, it's, as soon as you are ready. I love that.
2: As soon as you are ready. Ever-
0: Like that's it's like he's it's like like it's Kevin Cronin. He does like, jump on it. Yeah, he does. He jumps on it. It's not like it's not like Eddie Vedder chews up the microphone. It's Kevin Cronin. Like hey man, everybody's here to see us. Like I am going to give him a good
1: show. It's You're like, right. He does. Okay. He does really spit that first line yeah. out fast.
0: I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, again. I think I'm making it maybe a minute ten into the song, and then, like, you know. Yeah, bail. <laughs> Keep on rolling. It's, it's poppy. It moves. I mean, I don't know if it really needs to be number three.
1: It's high, but you know what? Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot of songs that are going to be even higher gonna than this. We're going to put our two lists together, like Amanda's there. so <laughs> Yeah, we can't be embarrassed about any of these. Mm. All right. My number three uh, is from Foreigner. And it is Break It Up. song no. i don't want to break it up ah.
2: make it up i'm
0: sure it was in some shitty teenage teen movie at
1: some point in the 80s I'm sure, I'm sure it was i'm sure it was there's a there's a good mix of heavy guitars with vocals in this song uh this was off of foreigner four it's four and four
0: done by mutt lang
1: mutt lang yeah that's correct mutt lang was the producer Kurt Loader called this song a classic cruncher. Okay. All right, there you go. <laughs> How often can you quote Kurt
0: Loader? Not not often. Not ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just did. MTV
1: breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> what what Kurt Loaders doing these days? I well, looking old. Well, probably. I think so he's selling real estate. Yeah, where did his job
0: wind up? I don't know. Some sort of journalism? I mean, I didn't think this is gonna get cut. <laughs> <laughs> the Kurt Motor discussion is gonna wind of up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> we'll have to see
1: what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our fantasy concert lineup. All right, let's let's get to it. Who do you want to see these three bands with? We're talking so, a festival uh, here, baby. We are talking you know, a it's festival. This a festival, right? We
0: can't just select one of these no, bands. We can't no. listen to all three of them. You have to hear but all of them. But they're only playing the five set, right?
2: That's, that's right. So, so like,
0: uh, Boston, you guys are on... Uh, fuck, who's on this list? Sorry, everybody off. Fuck. Next band can back use on. You my drums, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so get these three guys out of the way first. Like, those, these are the openers. <laughs> I'm bringing in Billy Squire. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, Billy Squire can put out a set.
2: Lonely is the night when you find yourself alone. Your demons come to light, and your mind is not your own. Lonely is the night when there's no one left to call. You feel the time is right. Say so the on the wall.
1: I could listen to Billy Squire all
0: day long. He got totally fucked. Not totally. the way that, like, like Hall & Oates got fucked, and he's pissed about it, but he would make them mega-superstardom. Billy Squire did one small thing wrong. Just one. Danced around in leg warmers and a pink tank top. Yeah. And that, that fucked him. Killed, him. killed him. Killed him. Which is he's awful. I mean, he had a
1: great career.
0: Yeah, he's giving YouTube lessons now about how to play... You
1: know i <laughs> to
0: play Billy Squire songs. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna bring on Billy Squire, give him another shot at, uh, at at fame and start and Blow those boys from Boston off the stage. And then I gotta go back to like where, where my roots are, the the music that really, you know, that I liked of this era. It's gotta be something completely on the other side of this AOR bullshit. Bringing me in the, the human league. <laughs> The Human League for me, I love that. That that band is great. Oh yeah, they have great songs. Yeah, meaningful songs. Do these these syrupy lyrics of just like trying to convince you like like if I hang around enough, you know, you're you're gonna like me and we're gonna be married. It's like Human League is like you know t- true drama in yeah, those yeah. songs. Like,
1: don't you want me, <laughs> yeah, don't baby? You want... <laughs> like funny. I was
0: when, when you were away, I was unfaithful too, you bastard, <laughs> you bastard.
1: No, it's good love. All right, I've got, uh, since we're doing a festival here, I've actually got three. Two of You're them. You're going to add more time also? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But two of them are only playing one song each. Okay. All right. I want to have the Atlanta rhythm section, and all they're going to play is Spooky.
2: I get confused, cause I don't know where to stand, and then you smile, and hold
1: Like a, a real '70s sounding kind yeah. of
0: yeah, into yeah, you know, the Curtis Mayfield yeah
1: thing yeah, gotcha. And then off the stage, get off the stage. Right. All I want is that one. Mm-hmm. and we're gonna bring in Gary Wright, and Gary Wright is gonna play Dreamweaver. <laughs>
0: I spent years looking for that song before there was like, like Google or anything like that but before, I was like I knew that that song existed and I was like who the fuck because it was, it was on the radio like once every six weeks Dreamweaver? yeah for me, for, me for, my, for my recollection of this like right in between like maybe freshman year of college I spent years trying to track that fucking song down I have no idea who it was it's great too. then I found it in Wayne's World oh when they used it in Wayne's that's right World, that's right they I did I think it's Tia Carrera's uh, part
1: yeah you know, there's only two instruments in that song. It's all keyboards. And then he has a drummer. But the bass line, the, all the other okay. instrumentals, it's yeah. just keyboards. That guy is 78. Gary wow. Wright. Jesus. Yeah, right? And then we're going to bring on the three bands, and they're going to play their list, and then they're going to get off. Okay. And closing out the night for me is going to be Kansas. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> And I'm not sure I want to. I want to hear. What do I want to hear more? Carry well, on, wayward son, or point of no return? But the
0: scrim before Kansas sets up has to be a big, giant, thirty-foot cutout of the bearded guy <laughs> screaming the best of Kansas, absolutely from their greatest hits album.
1: <laughs> I believe we used to write that on chalkboards.
0: Yeah, yeah, when we were studying. <laughs>
1: the best of Kansas. All right. But so. what are you going to have him
0: play? Well, like I said, you can That's do a bummer. Carry
1: On Wayward Sun, or you can do Point of No Return. Oh, I like Point of No Return. That's right?
0: Yeah. Point oh, of No Return. No.
1: I like a, that song. Point of
0: No Return's a great too. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That's it. <laughs> well, dust yeah. in the wind is such a bummer. What? Somebody should dance. <laughs> what do you have <laughs> for number two? All right, number two is a true like. I really love this song, and this is a you know another formative song for me. It's off of Foreigner Four, I think again, and it is urgent. Sometimes
1: Sax? Awesome sax. Yeah. Gotta be, right? Awesome sax. The sax solo in that song. Right. It starts out like kind of like there's an intro to the sax solo mm-hmm. with saxophone. Yes. That kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then they hit the sax
0: solo yes. and he fucking crushes it. Yeah, he does. So this is not the sax of that we're on the hunt for. Like these guys just no. blow that pipe. Uh... And <laughs> probably
1: did before they played the sax. <laughs> Is a false um, accusation. So don't the, uh, come after
0: us. The method of, uh, you know, whatever they had on their guitar um, to begin that song is really cool effect. I really like that song. It's a great tune. Yeah, as soon as I heard it, I was going through the, the list of songs, which like, I didn't even really need to listen to most of them, because I saw that the, the title is Dirty White Bite, Nope. Out. Out. I already know it. I'm Out. But Urgent, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think I remember I like this song and I pucked it and I'm like, oh yeah, shit, this is a good song. What and again, the-, the yearning. It's more yearning from Lou Oh yes.
1: It's urgent. Urgent. <laughs> and that's all he's singing about. Exactly. And th- this isn't this isn't it's urgent that we get married and spend our Bro, lives together. It's you gotta come over <laughs> here right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know what he wants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whatever it is, it's urgent.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. Like he never speaks a name to no. it. It could be like he's he's out of like, you know, knitting needles yeah, like, or He right. needs
1: a, a cup of sugar.
0: <laughs> it's in the middle
1: of the night. I'm trying to bake cookies over here. Okay, that brings us to my number 2 and I wrestled hard with having this be number 2 or number 1. Oh, okay. I wrestled hard with it. And it's foreigner, and I want to know what love is.
2: This (laughs)
1: Love this fucking song. <laughs>
0: this is the other this is the other ballad. Like I don't like this one. Really? No, I like the waiting for your like
1: oh, oh, this is yeah. so epic and but I, so grandiose. <laughs> <laughs> this mountain I must climb feels like a world upon my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I like
0: you know I do like it, but I think it's really been played out in the last 10 years.
1: Yeah, yeah, they take themselves very seriously in this song. Very seriously. Yeah. Could have been in you know, a Miami Vice episode, and it might well have been, I'm sure it probably was, it has kind of a dreamy feel to it. This is number 479 on Rolling Stone's greatest songs of all time. Um, okay. It's
0: 479.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it knocked do They Know It's Christmas out of first on the UK singles chart in 1985. Wow. And it knocked Madonna's Like a Virgin out of first on Billboard's Hot 100. The, the song? The song? <laughs> knocked Like a Virgin of off its off, off of first place.
0: I <laughs> want to know what love is. Yeah, for like a minute, right? I,
1: I, I didn't <laughs> dig that deep into it. <laughs> wow. The, wow. The keyboards in the song were played by the Thompson Twins frontman, Tom Bailey.
0: Okay. Well, see, that's, uh, there's, there's the, the, the remedy there.
1: Yeah, there you go. The gospel vocals in the background are, are really good. They're provided by the New Jersey Mass Choir. And then at the end of the song, they, they kind of go out and you know keep singing right. while, while Lou Graham riffs over the
2: top. I know you can show.
0: And he really should have enough respect and shut his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Just let the gospel choir take over. Let them do their thing. Lou
1: well, Graham British. Oh, so that's another, another story about Foreigner. They're called Foreigner. Because half the band right. was British and half the band was American. And they originally were called Trigger, but the name was already taken. So... <laughs> since half the band was british and the other half was american they figured that any country they played in there would be foreigners in the band Air oh wow, wow. <laughs> well, that took a lot of time a bunch of
0: okay <laughs> all right all right <laughs> who did you hey, honor with your number so, 1 so, let me take a divergence really, really quick here so I found my new favorite pastime. If you go to Google Books and you just type in Billboard magazine and a month and a year, it'll bring up the entire issue from front to back. Oh, that's cool. From root to fruit, stem to stern. And uh, so I just happened to be really, like, you know what? June 1st, 1985. Just just happened to pop up in my thing. So here's what I found in that issue alone. All right. So just, I'm just going to give you a little bit, a little taste. Hit me. All right. So the top grossest. So Billboard has lists for a lot of different shit. VHS tapes, and this one I came across here, top-grossing concerts. At the time, legs of concert. Like, what's the most successful leg of a concert so far in America? Okay. Number one, 1985 in June. Number one, Phil Collins sold out Madison Square Garden three nights in a row. Uh, Madonna was number two. Madonna and the Beastie Boys was number two. Foreigner was number 15, and they were supported by Jufria. And then you had R.E.O. and Cheap Trick at University of Wisconsin-Madison. They were the number seven gro- highest grossing leg of a tour. Hall & by the way, was touring with Till Tuesday. They were number 23. <laughs> Till uh, Tuesday? Yeah, their Nashville show. Song? Uh, hush, Hush. Hush, Hush. Voices Voice carry, right? <laughs> You had at number thirty-one, Triumph and Mountain Ooh, played triumph. Springfield, Illinois. Like Leslie West, yeah, <laughs> da, na, na, na.
2: Mississippi Queen. <laughs> <King. laughs>
0: And your favorite at number thirty-two in Cleveland for a twenty-three hundred seat auditorium at fifteen seventy-five a ticket, Victor Borge.
1: Was he the guy that played yeah. the piano and the told guy, jokes? Yeah. The really
2: old, fucker. A really, yeah, really old and yeah, a really yeah, yeah. good
1: pianist, yeah. but he was I mean, yeah, like a yuckster. Penis. So
0: number one, <laughs> number one, right? Yep. Did we do the same thing? We might. I'm pretty sure we did the same
1: thing. I don't know. I I, I was certain you were going to have. I want to know what love is. And I thought I I was going (laughs) to snipe your number one, being the ballad guy. Right. Well, this is a ballad
0: of sorts. It's Boston's more than a feeling.
1: did right. meet at the same number one right this is a great song it's epic Yeah, yeah it's yeah. epic it took tom Scholes five years to write that song five fucking years i mean but it paid off oh yeah yeah it's yeah. a great it's a great tune uh vh1 named it the 39th best hard rock song of all time hard rock no i, I thought, I that, was, rock. I thought that was i thought that was a strong love. term yeah, for for more than a feeling Boston has said the song is about the power an old song can have on your life, and that's you know where he sings about about a woman and how a song brings him back to that memory yeah, of that woman. Yeah, I think
0: that's why that's it's such a cool song because it is like he does like evoke those feelings through his lyrics. Like whenever you sing it. it's a sing-along song. For Absolutely, sure, no matter where or when
1: it's on. People know the lyrics from the very beginning, you know, from, from wherever it is. Uh, and it's great. There's a like a prog-like aspect of this song that I like as well. A lot of hand clapping in this, by the way. Not sure that that was... <laughs> oh, the acoustic breakdown. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hand clapping. <laughs> so that note that he hits later later in the song is just, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> looked around in some live recordings to see if this guy could pull it off live and he comes in about a fifth below what that high part is and then as he eventually hits the highest note, he would kind of squeak into it. So, you know, I always wondered like, was this something that was digitally done? and you couldn't have done it digitally back then because they didn't have the technology, but I think he actually could do it. What a tragic loss. He had a hell of a voice.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great song. It, yeah, this is funny. The the two was we did this on Journey too, right? Uh uh-huh. Landed on the same song uh, for Journey. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I think it's just undeniable. There just, there just isn't a song from any of three of these bands that is kind of like, you know, unifying that way. Yeah. I guess it a for a lesser term that's escaping me right now <laughs> but you know and, and much as any song
1: can yeah I wouldn't be surprised if the audience uh, would agree so let us know alright what do you hate the most
0: oh well how much time you got <laughs>
1: <laughs> I figure we can go another hour you want a you want a a, <laughs> want a music to... <laughs> festival of most hated songs <laughs> take a break Do a, take a little break right. I think
0: I already mentioned what I hate the most well one of the things I hate the most is Dirty White Boy I just can't stand that song
1: It's a stupid song. It's, so it's stupid. a stupid title. The whole thing is stupid.
0: Yeah, it's dumb. I don't like it. I don't like In Your Letter on High Infidelity. It's, there's, there's, it, there's a song that in between all of these rock songs there are OK radio rock songs, and then there's this In Your Letter song that's like a 50s doo-wop song. And it's like you know what? What is this doing here? Like in a, in a an album called High Infidelity. Like what the fuck is this doing here? It's such a stupid song. It's like so dumb. Like why is it there? And it's like two and a half minutes long. too. it's like you couldn't have fucking slipped the uh, the A R guy a couple of bags of coke just to say, listen, we we have ten tracks, not 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 eleven. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Uh, I had I had a pretty clear one on this one. It is REO Speedwagon, and it's I can't fight this feeling anymore. Yeah. Oh, it's garbage yeah. oh, bring this ship into the shore and throw away the oars forever this is forever. what I'm talking
0: about man this is what I'm talking about. these bands had to like go overboard with all this it's bullshit terrible songs and these lyrics just like, terrible listen I mean <laughs> here's what's in my heart and it's everything like I'm just giving you everything it, whereas the guys in like Duran Duran are like fuck it you're getting the reflex
1: yeah right yeah da- 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 <laughs> Hungry like Woo. the
0: wolf. <laughs> You're right, hungry like the wolf. <laughs>
1: Mother's alive <laughs> All right, what's your coolest four seconds? Um I got a few.
0: Yeah, I mean, Roll with the Changes got some of like cool songs. It sounds like a, like a really important song is about to happen, like when Roll with the Changes comes up. And then like, he comes out with it. He's like, and, so did you, uh, and everybody's like, yeah, all right, here we go. Let's go. Tell, tell me more. And it's like 60 seconds later, it's like, all right. What the line of the bathroom look like.
1: I have uh, in Cold as Ice by Foreigner, the vocals triple up. Like they start singing and then they come back in and repeat it with doubled up vocals. And then the third time they do it, they triple it up. I liked that. You is that all you have? That's it.
0: <laughs> I mean
1: Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> Well well Nick Nick came with one and uh, so I'll give you the rest of mine. <laughs> yeah, I do no, I mean I'm sure I can like jump onto some of yours. Sure. There Look. we go. Uh, in four, in Boston's foreplay there are organ keys with the guitar that are just really big and grandiose as the song transitions into
2: that's, long time
0: yeah that's on my hate list
1: really I hate that <laughs> 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 I
2: hate that I,
1: no not that part it's afterwards they're just hitting like huge organ keys <laughs> <laughs> of the song already <laughs> in uh, Boston's Holly Ann off of third stage there's a classic 70's keyboard solo a good throwback to to their roots, and the intro to That Was Yesterday by Foreigner is totally out of Scarface.
0: I don't think I've ever heard those songs.
2: That was yesterday.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, the thing with foreign is like they all kind of just like blend together. It's like cold as ice, hot-blooded, you know, it's, they all kind of just blend together for me. And I just like Yep. They all all right. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, Sisters I, of Mercy. I know the li- Oh, come on. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
1: come on. <laughs> Unequivocally no, I don't think I, so. I've had enough. Yeah, I this I have been wanting to get this episode recorded to get these fucking yeah, songs out yeah, of my it's head. Very, it's very journey like. Oh my it's gosh! I have just with Journey. I can't stop singing foreigner music, right. and it's driving me crazy.
0: <laughs> it's like we don't need it anymore. <laughs> we really don't. It's like we have the same thing with Journey. It's like why the fuck do we know all the lyrics to all these songs? Oh yeah.
1: So, I, I meant to tell you this before. When you and I decided we were going to do this episode, I was on a business trip, and I was driving back from one of the flyover states that I end up having to go to on an 800-plus mile road trip, and so I decided to spend my trip home listening to the entire catalog of Foreigner. And the entire catalog of REO Speedwagon. Now, I didn't listen to every minute of every song. I can't imagine that. That must have be been <laughs> fucking awful. So
0: we through wheat field after wheat field. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So instead of a beaded, you know, the beaded seat, was it just like <laughs> beaded glass? <laughs> <like laughs> Self flagellation down the road? Jesus Christ.
1: So as I'm going through Foreigner, I can't tell you how many songs I knew 100% of the lyrics to. One of the
0: greatest afternoons we had, this is before we had kids, Kirk and I don't live too far away from each other, and I'm coming home from work, and I'm just, just cruising down the street. And I hear Foreigner blaring out. Now, it's Friday afternoon, <laughs> maybe about 2.30 or 3 o'clock, in the, uh, 3, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And Foreigner's just blaring. And I'm like, that's got to be carrot because he's the only one I know that <laughs> listens to Foreigner 4. Sure as shit. I turn the corner and there he's got all the windows wide open. And just blaring Foreigner. And I walk up to him and he's like... He's like, I decided to take the afternoon off early. Come on in, let's have some drinks. Some some (laughs) drink. We got shit canned right there before our wives got home. It's like listening uh, to foreign. Yeah, the days before kids, (laughs) just housed on his couch, just like blaring foreigner (laughs)
1: records. (laughs) Uh, Would you see these guys if they came around again? No. Absolutely not. They're around. They're around yeah. all the time. Yeah. No. I mean, obviously, Boston, you're going to get somebody that's not Brad Delp. Here's a statement. Mario Speedwagon. <laughs> I don't want to see Kevin Cronin so in person. The guy's just too weird looking.
2: Yeah.
1: He looks better now in his dotage than I would agree with he that. Did. I yeah. mean, he had a look going. Oh, there. yeah. He looked like a rooster. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but to see Lou Graham live? Ooh. I'm telling you, the best song is not even on <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. His solo song. Midnight Blue. Midnight Blue. <laughs> That's the best song. I see the cherry red for Midnight Blue. Midnight Blue Oh. oh, oh. Midnight blue. oh, oh, oh. But no, and I wouldn't I'd rather see Journey. And I have seen Journey, and Journey's okay, okay. like because their catalog is okay. Yeah, and you know Neil Schoen's still a fine guitars. Right. Because there's, there's no real like musicians that stand out. It's like wow, they, really are like, wow.
1: they were lucky to have him. Like, it wasn't anything. No, no. The but talent in Boston really... came from Tom Scholz, yeah, and Brad Delp.
0: But I can't really even get to like why Foreigner
1: was good. It was his voice, I guess. His voice and and the, the, their writing songs, was was you know kind of unique. Who's your MVP in this? Ugh. For me, it's Yacht Rock. (laughs) The whole whole genre. I mean,
0: there's so much more to Yacht Rock. There is. The MVP for these guys would have been the payola system, the cocaine that's exchanged hands in the radio booths. Like, here, play this, and I'll give you an eight ball. Right. You know, I need you to play this more, more spins. And I think that's really kind of like, these guys were in
1: heavy rotation. Oh, yeah. All right, so for rankings, here's what I think we ought to do. We've got talent, we've got catalog, we've got image. Try to think of what order you would put those bands in one through three. And here's, I'll kick it off since I'm just throwing this at you. So for talent, I think Boston won it. I think Boston had the the most raw talent. And most of that was, or all of it, was Tom Scholz and Brad Delp. I think I, the, I think their songwriting right, was, was a little more progressive, a little more mathematical, which is harder to do than what some of the other guys did.
0: And then I would— But then try. it only takes one brain to do that, and that's what Boston was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It like, a, as a band, I think REO was a tighter band. It was a better—like, Gary Rickrath was a really good guitarist, and Kevin yep. Cronin was his own—you know, in his
1: own right, he was a good musician.
0: I'll go I'll go okay. REO on that one.
1: Gotcha. Catalog. I went with REO because it. They had the the biggest catalog, but they also had the most diverse. they like I said. Their early stuff sounded like rockabilly. Yeah. Uh, and then they went to you know their. It seemed like they were kind of sword fighting with Air Supply on some level. <laughs> Down here, Boston was like the Heavy Eagles. Yeah, kind of. I think you could. I think you could say that. Yeah, in, yeah. I think like Air Supply was. <laughs> in in image. All of them are dead. Last.
2: I'll, my,
1: I'll give it to Boston
0: only because they have the, the genius to put Sib and his hair on their album, not on their cover, but on their insert. Yeah, I always looked at that. like, man, that is fucked up hair. That's
1: so great looking. Every Boston album, by the way, has the skyline of the city of Boston inside a flying saucer. Yeah, that's where it belongs too. <laughs> really. Hey, I love Boston. <laughs> the city i'm sure the city is fine <laughs> i'm sure it's fine all right well that just about wraps it up here yeah this was fun we're gonna have to collect a couple more this felt like a nice easy listen because you're gonna get this right around christmas time so happy holidays to all of you and thank you for keeping us going
0: Yeah, indeed, we're coming up on a year, so yeah, this this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you to Kyrick for the hard work that you put in on the back end of this stuff and putting it all together. The reason why the podcast sounds so great and is so much fun to listen to is due to all of
1: his hard work. It's uh, it's a pleasure to do it. So normally we like to close the show out with uh, our theme song by Late Night Bullfight, but since it's the holidays, we're going to close out this show with my favorite cover of The Grinch by Small Town Titans. Have a great holiday season, folks. You're
2: a fire one, Mr. Grinch. You got termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasoned crocodile, Mr. Grinch.
0: Well, given the choice between the two of you, I would take the c c